welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel, and with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Today. <laughs> today. <laughs> As opposed to yesterday. <laughs> well, it's not. What? Tomorrow, yay. <laughs> oh my God. Can we stop this now? Yay. <laughs> Look, everybody likes to make themselves out to be something more than they are. And what does that make for you? That means I'm extra. <laughs> You're extra? Yeah. Someone? Have you not figured this out by uh, no, now? No, I, I know. I know. <laughs> You're like, I know. I wish I didn't know, but I know. I know. I know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's when we can begin the healing process. Oh, no. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Is it going to be extra, extra? Yeah. <laughs> that's where you get the... The brand of gum got their name from me, okay? Shut up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and also the, the tabloid TV show, Extra, Extra, Extra. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, I hate you so that, much. that laugh is like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> so, yeah, today, you know, you can find us. On <laughs> today, yesterday you couldn't. Today is a different story. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal. Two E's in Real. You can email us at therealappeal at gmail dot com. If you can leave us a review on iTunes, we would love to be noticed. Because then we'll get more people, you know, following mm-hmm. us and stuff. Mm-hmm. And our segments this week are the news, our recent review of One Night in Miami, our variety time of Try This, Not That, and our geriatric cinematic of JFK from 1991. Yeah, the uh, topic is... The Back topic, into the left? <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's what if. <laughs> the topic is what if. And man, there's a lot of what if on fucking JFK. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to make a comment right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, so you want to get into the news? Yeah. Um, there's going to be a Wonka prequel. Pre- <laughs> a Wonka prequel. Willy Wonka, right? Yep. And uh, apparently the director from Paddington um, is going to be directing it. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, it's gonna probably be released in 2023. At least that's what it's set for right now. That, that's a that's a good that's a good amount of time, like that 2023. Because to, you know, to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good amount of time to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Um. So the director's name is Paul King. Um. Apparently, everyone likes the Paddington movies. I've heard about the Paddington movies, and I heard. Every every everything I've ever heard about those movies is that it's it's a great movie to watch. Um, it looks like a kids movie uh, to me that I've never checked it out. Mm. Um, if, if I remember correctly, I think like the Rotten Tomatoes score is like a hundred percent or some shit like that. It's real interesting because I was like, I don't want to watch that. It, it, it's the same really, way. Like it looks like something. I don't know, like annoying, like the bears annoying or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. So the first Paddington is like ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomato. The second one is a hundred percent on Rotten Tomato. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was getting confused with um, 
Wasn't that one um, story about the rabbit? Peter Cotton. Oh, Peter Peter Rabbit? Yeah, that one. One's a bear, the <laughs> other's a rabbit. <laughs> Look, they're both not <laughs> human, so. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. <laughs> I mean, that one's more believable than my. <laughs> Iron hmm. Iron Man and Cars. Uh, yeah, that, that one I can get that I can get that mix up. That Iron Man and Cars, Kevin Costner and Val Kilmer kind of thing, <laughs> like Twisted Metal and Metal Gear Solid thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever seen the the Willy Wonka movies? I saw Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, the one with Johnny Depp. No, that's that's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I thought the original one was with a little kid. No, 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 it is. Because the book is originally, the book is actually called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm -hmm. Um, The film that came out with starring Gene Wilder, they just called it Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's the one that I like and I watched. That's the one with Gene, the the old one, right? Mm -hmm. But I I, I didn't even watch the Johnny Depp one. I saw the Johnny Depp one. Like, I think I went to the theater to see it and I was like, what is this shit? And I remembered, oh, it's a Tim Burton film. That's what the shit is. It's another fucking Tim Burton film. But we love um, Beetlejuice so much. Mm, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Did he do Coraline? Wasn't no he no he didn't touch Coraline. It's because the animation is similar. Oh, okay. It's it's a lot of people don't know that uh, they get this mixed up. Tim Burton. This is like a tangent, but Tim Burton never directed The Nightmare Before Christmas. He's a producer. Plus, I think um, he helped create jack skellington because that's a character he had way back Mm, mm. um so yeah um let's see okay so he's gonna work on a script with simon rich Mm -hmm. who did an american pickle um oh i don't know about that i know i was thinking about that too like yeah we weren't a big we we saw that we had a screener for that we were not a big fan of that movie and then um, the producer, David Heyman, who also did Paddington and Harry Potter, hmm. um, he's going to produce this as well. Um, David Heyman said it's not a remake. They've done two films, quite different, but it's possibly an origin story. We're just in the early stages of it working with a writer called Simon Rich, which is wonderful. I think there's a lot in his character that suggests who he is and also where he might come from. Or what his childhood or his middle age might have been like. So we're exploring that. We're discussing it. We're in the very early stages and very excited about what lies ahead. $100. I'll bet you $100 right now that if this movie comes out and when it comes out, the end of the movie will be him opening up the factory um, at the beginning of Willy Wonka. I just want to know... How they're going to get around him finding the Oompa Loompas and like enslaving them. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they're like, he's like, he's like devising plans. He's like, how can I murder kids without murdering them? Hmm. No, I meant the writers. Like, oh, the writers. Like, how do we get the Oompa Loompas without calling it slavery? Uh, Maybe we'll just call it indentured servants. Th- that was that was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out well on that one either. I know. So um, they're talking about who might play mm-hmm. the younger Willy Wonka. Um, it's funny because they had names such as Ryan Gosling, um, Donald Glover, and Ezra Miller, but obviously mm. those names faded away. And right now. Um, 
it seems like Warner Brothers is talking about Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet. I can picture Tom Holland, Timothy Chalamet. It would just be. Don't get me wrong. Like, the kid's a good actor, but he has a sin kind. Since he has a kind of like personality that it would just be like, oh, this is just like some scene kid or some emo kid or some shit like that. It wouldn't. I don't know. It would just be really annoying. That well, it would work if they were basing it off of um, Johnny Depp's version of him because he's kind of like an emo weirdo no i like, like I think, a, you an emo clown yeah like i think i don't know like gene wilder did willy wonka so damn well it's so memorable and shit like that and not and he'd even like try mm-hmm. um he so, was himself <laughs> yeah so every time i picture willy wonka i just think of of gene wilder mm-hmm. you know and i i don't know i feel like that personality i mean this is a guy who like the character, Willy Wonka, is like this dude who's like, hey, I'm going to make a giant factory of candy and like come up with these super crazy, like borderline drug-induced LSD-type like candy and like scenarios and stuff like that. And I don't see that in Timothy Chalamet, not even like Tom Holland, like that would come out of him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying like this guy should be, uh, I'm not saying Willy Wonka should be, what's his name, Walter White. You know, at a at an early age, but I don't know. Something seems like I can see him like having a few like screws loose or some shit like that. I think that. Tom Holland could do it. He, he sh- has a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and he has a lot of like youthfulness about him. That's true. That you would probably expect. He is trying hard to be like taking a taking <laughs> taking seriously as an adult because <laughs> he looks he constantly looks like a little kid. <laughs> Like they, I don't know. He, I like how you say that. He constantly looks like a little he kid. He does. Like it, not sometimes. You know, like uh-huh. you, it was for me kind of redundant. Like if you yeah. sometimes you always look like a little kid yeah. or you don't. Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, because like because like you see him in Spider Man, he's supposed to be like this high school student, and you're like, okay, I can totally see him. He looks like a kid. not like Tobey Maguire, who clearly was in his 30s mm-hmm. in the Spider Man movies, but like you see Tom Holland. All I see is like a high school kid. He's a, he has this movie coming out called Charlie, I think. Um, no, it's called Cherry, uh, directed by the Russo brothers, and it's supposed to be about um, this kid, this kid who goes to war and comes back with PTSD and how like it just fucks with his head and everything. Mm-hmm. But I still look at him like, dude, you're like 15 years old. I can't like I know you're supposed to be adult, but you're 15 years old, man. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Mm. Um, but I do see a lot of like acting potential in him too. Yeah. I could have, honestly, I could have pictured Donald Glover doing this. Like, you've seen him, like, perform live. And, you have, and like, just watch him in community. This dude has range. <laughs> watch him in his This Is America trailer. I mean, that music uh, video. The music video? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. He could, but I feel like it would feel a little jaded. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> But, but I, I think he would play a better after. Oh, like a, like an older Willy Wonka. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. A, a, an older, jaded, you know, fuck white people. <laughs> Willy Wonka. Yeah, you know, and if white people would see him, they'd be like, "Yeah, he's probably putting cocaine in those candies." Why does it have to be cocaine? But you know, because it, it's all the drugs. Don't <laughs> don't single out cocaine, <laughs> LSD, cocaine, crack, all the fun PCP. ones. Mushrooms. I'm not a mushroom. I'm not a shroom person. I've always been. I've more, never tried it. 
You know what? You and you would enjoy it. I don't think so. Not, you know, not you, based off of my edible experience. But you enjoyed your edible experience. I was the one who was fucking that up. I didn't really enjoy it. Okay, we'll get you some edibles. I just handled it better. We'll get you some edibles. <laughs> and we'll record it. No, I'm not <laughs> Yeah. So you want to tell me uh, the next story? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Aziz, Aziz Ansari's... Um, Aziz. Aziz. I, I'm always bad with names. Aziz Ansari's Master of None is reportedly getting a season three with a uh, big change in the head. Okay. Did you watch Master of None? Yeah. Okay. I love Master of None. I thought the show was fucking great. Uh, I especially love season two mm-hmm. because the first episode was a straight up like homage to like Italian cinema. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it, I was just like, I've seen that movie, I've seen that movie. That's like it's, it's I like I didn't get that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't have that experience, but I totally saw it in the style of like Yeah. Just overall it was black and white. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh man, I love this. Yeah. So obviously with season two ended, people were just like whole like it was a huge ass cliffhanger. People were like, what's gonna happen next? And then Aziz you know, 2018 came around, and he had to face some uh, sexual misconduct uh, allegations. And um, season three was put on hold. A lot of people thought, like, people, a lot of people thought, like, we're just never going to have season three. Like, that's too much heat or anything like that. Mm. Um, but a UK-based comedy site uh, called Chortel. 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 You know, it's like cho- You know, you know what a chortel is? It's a turtle. It's a short turtle? No. It's a turtle that wears shorts. No. It's a turtle made out of churros. Do you not know what a churro is? It's a is? turtle that works at Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> What's a churro? Let me look it up. So it's a talk. cholo turtle. It's a chuckle. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He chortled at his own pun. Like. Oh, I think my shit's funnier. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't, I don't even think I can do the rest of the episode now. <laughs> uh, so this website claims that season three uh, it's ta- will take place in London and adds uh, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker actress Noemi. Naomi A- Aki. Naomi Aki. Who played that? Uh, Naomi Aki. I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> You're like you're not a real Star Wars fan if you don't know who Naomi. Oh, I know. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I just purged that fucking movie out of my head. (laughs) Naomi Aki. Okay, I'm so sorry. Naomi Aki is that beautiful black woman in Star Wars who supposedly Lando's Lando's daughter. Um. Yeah. So, so this website claims that uh, Naomi Aki has been added to the cast um, as uh, Anzari's new love interest. Mm -hmm. The site even claims that. They've already started shooting season three, but they had a, but it was on the down low, um, and production had to stop because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a lot. Uh, this is a lot to claim, especially from like the small site. Uh, I've seen this pop up on other film sites as well. So I mean, it seems like um, no one has been reached for comment. I'm sure. Pe- I'm sure they've been reached for comment, but no one has commented on anything about this. Right. Um, uh, this would make sense if it if it was shot on the down low, because like I said, Ansari had a lot of heat coming at him because the the sexual misconduct allegations that kind of like a lot of people assume that his his career was canceled, and I'm of the belief that like that does not happen. No one really truly gets canceled unless like you're a Harvey no, Weinstein. Look at that um, comedian. Oh, uh, Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah, Louis C.K. is like coming back too. You know. Anyway, um, 
so I mean I mean apart from that that whole thing that happened I'm actually really stoked about this like I said I love Master of None this if they've been shooting this on the download this this is go, comes in line with what Netflix does where like out of nowhere boom guess what season 3 of such and such is coming out boom next week and everybody's like holy shit (laughs) and that's what everybody talks about for like three or four days like nonstop. yeah so you know the same thing like malcolm and marie like all of a sudden that's there oh yeah that trailer i remember you and i we you and i had heard about that movie but we i remember we heard about it it seemed like forever that we heard about the movie and then i don't know there was no trailer yeah yeah and then we saw the trailer and it's like oh guess what comes out in february like a few weeks away. And I know you and I are like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you? Do you th- Are you excited about season three? You're just like, man. I don't remember. It's been so long. I don't remember the show. So. I think I'll... I don't remember the cliffhanger. I remember mm-hmm. a, like one or two love interests from the show. But I, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't remember a whole lot about the show or oh, okay. why I really liked it. I would totally rewatch this show. I think... I think each season's like fuck maybe like eight episodes and they're like maybe 30 40 minutes yeah uh each episode um uh what's her name no i think it's like leticia Waithe. uh not leticia right um lena lena Waithe. lena Waithe. yeah i remember lena Waithe. she wrote this really good thanksgiving episode in season two and that's the one that like got her emmys mm. and that's why she was just like getting like all these she was like spearheading all these shows um after that episode that's how she got her her starburst through that show yeah um i honestly feel like rami did the whole ethnic but like don't know who i am because i'm also american mm. thing better oh really mm-hmm. i think because there if you think about it mm. there's a lot of differences between the two shows mm. but there are a lot of similarities too that's true i think but i think rami more follows obviously like that religious acts aspect to it because how religion is such like a focal point into that show mm. um so yeah, I think they I think they do kind of like they kind of cover the same bases, but one goes like a little further. And I think, yeah, one's more religious, and the other one's more about like just like dating, yeah, and like finding love and stuff like that. So Rami's got like a little bit. I'm I think a lot more religion in it. Oh no, no, I was gonna say like I think I was gonna say that Rami has is maybe like a little bit better than Master of None, but I think what I where I would say Master of None, okay. So I think they're both they're they're kind of like the same show except they're like they're two different ethnic groups right? They're cousins. Yeah, let's say like they're I don't even, I don't even want to say they're cousins. They're just the shows you don't think they're like related in any way. No, no, no. They're like a lot of similarities, but mm-hmm. like I said, I think one is more comedic and one is more religious. And I think depending on where you're coming from, is you'll you'll like whichever a little bit more. I like them. I think this one, I'm I'm more excited about Master of None Season 3 because I like how it was shot, the style of it. It was mm. like some great directing. Rami was just really great on the story yeah. of just like with these characters and like a lot of backstory, like the father, the mother, the sister and stuff like that, where um, Master of None just covered like two or three characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in Master of None, there was one episode where they followed like different lives through New York mm-hmm. and then for about like 10 to 15 minutes... It followed a deaf person. Yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, and everything and I really was like loved that. Yeah, everything was muted. It was just all subtitles, and I was just like, "That's great." I Didn't like they that also shit. do a shot where you see him in the car and he's just sitting there after a date in the car? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I don't remember. There was something about that like really stuck out. 
with that, I just can't remember what was about that particular scene. Yeah. But we were, I remember we really liked that one, too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I know you're looking forward to the next story. You want to mm. kick that off? Zendaya reveals she has spent 2020 rejecting roles that would help the male character, that's in quotes, help the male character to get where they need to go. I think this is awesome. Me too. Mm. Um, if you think about it, Heath Ledger was a lot like he was doing all these little bit roles, like all mm. those stupid, you know, um, the romance. Yeah, the rom-coms and like. Yeah. And then he started being more choosy. Yeah. And he was like really doing well for himself. Mm. And I think um, Zendaya's only 24. Um, and she said that she was offered roles constantly, but she rejected all of them because they were too two-dimensional or would cast her as a prop for the male protagonist Mm. um and i think that's great because she has a lot of potential like the reason why i like euphoria so much Mm. is because she has so much raw emotion yeah um and i need that when i'm watching a movie to really think it's something because Mm. otherwise it's just two people acting on a screen yeah um so i'm gonna i'm i'm stupidly gonna play devil's advocate here um I feel like a lot of people are going to look at this and be like, well, you play Mary Jane in Spider-Man, you know, your character's supposed to look up Tom Holland. Um, And just like how Kelsey said, like Heath Ledger kind of started doing like these rom-coms and stuff like that. Every actor that they need, where they start, they always start with roles that they're just like, I'm just doing this to pay the bills Mm -hmm. or to get recognized. But also she doesn't play Mary Jane in any conventional way. Exactly. Exactly. You can, like, you can tell that they are developing her as her own fucking character. She's not going to get her own movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Marvel would do that. Um, But like, she's one of the, she's one of the people that stands out Mm -hmm. in that, in that Spider-Man movie. Right. Both of them. Sorry. So, um, she, has been quoted as saying it's not necessarily that any of the scripts were bad or something like that i just feel like a lot of the roles that i was reading specifically female roles were just like i could have played them as all as the same person and it wouldn't have mattered if that makes sense she also said the best way to describe it is just like they'd usually serve the purpose of helping the male character get to where they need to go and do what they need to do they don't really have an arc of their own and they usually feel very one-dimensional in the sense that there's not a lot of layers to them meaning they all seem very kind of like the same person over and over and over again it would have been great and it would have been fine but i wouldn't have grown at all um so i really like that about her because Mm. Um, I almost feel like maybe it was Euphoria that kind of opened her up to that. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and, and you know what's funny? Hmm. I never saw her in a Disney show. I, I, you know, the first I honestly time, didn't know she was on a Disney show. Yeah, that's where she started. Oh, okay. I yeah, did not I guess, know that. Um, the article, I think, that you saw this from, hmm. Sim Levinson had pitched her an idea where she sort of reprised her character from like whatever disney show she was on Mm -hmm. but she i don't know how i don't remember exactly how that went but she was kind of like nah i don't want to do that and then they talked about it some more and it kind of morphed into malcolm and marie oh okay um 
Oh, okay, 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 here we go. Uh, Zendaya said, Z- sorry, sorry, Zendaya said in the GQ profile that at first, Levinson, uh, Sam Levinson wanted to create a thriller that played off her Casey undercover role, which she was star, uh, which she was a star of uh, for three seasons on the Disney Channel. Uh, and she says, he's like, what if we did something almost like a horror movie where you've lost it because you still think you <laughs> still think you're 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 on Casey undercover? Um, she goes on. You could be in the same. He says you, uh, you could be in the same house like da 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 da. And you're still stuck being this Disney Channel actress. And people are like, nope, you're not Casey anymore. Uh, she wasn't feeling it, which led to what eventually became the chamber piece drama about a couple dealing with relationship troubles that Malcolm and Marie became. Mm-hmm. I've never watched KC Undercover. Me either. I never even really heard of yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's like way after our time. But you know, it's funny. Mm. Do you ever get a sense of people you've never met them, but you already know what kind of person they are and you wish you were in that circle? Mm, yeah. She was on Dancing with the Stars when she was 17. What? Are you serious? Yeah. And that was the first time I ever got to really experience her personality. Mm-hmm. And like, even though I never met her, I knew right then and there she was going to be something more than a 17-year-old girl. Like, she's going to do what she wants to do. Like, was she on there as a contestant? or was she? Yeah, she was a contestant. What? She was great. She was Oh, amazing. this is 2013. What? Okay, she, oh, okay. I get it. She did this one. I think it was like a rumba or a salsa or something like that. Yeah. It was really good. Like, people saw her and, and she was all dressed up. They're like, oh, shit. Like. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I'm looking at the picture right now. Oh, she looking good. Is that her? That's not her. Let me see. Hold up. There's a picture of her. Oh, no, that's not her. <laughs> I thought well. I was like, oh, shit, she looking good. And it was someone completely different. No. I, so I, I get what you're saying. I didn't know she was on. Wow, I did not know she was on Dancing you with Stars. You learn about so much about people from that show. Oh, she looking fly as fuck in this dress. In the white one? Yeah. Oh my gosh, she looking fly as fuck. I think there was one she wore. It was like black or like dark red or something. Yeah. And she has like the right that Spanish style with the hair like plastered to her and like curls. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Uh, no, she's wearing a yellow dress. I think that one. Or unless you're mixing the two dresses up. Oh, wow. Okay. It's so funny. And I think she made it into the finals. It's so funny because all I know her from straight up is like Euphoria and Spider-Man. <laughs> so, and I, and I think I've seen her in other stuff, but I've only, but every time I think of her, I think of I, like, when it comes to serious, I think of her in Euphoria mm-hmm. and I love her in that show. She, that's a great fucking show. Mm-hmm. It terrifies the fuck out of me because I have a little girl. So I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, but fucking good on her. She's 24. She's like, I don't want to do those roles. I, yeah, I'm good. Exactly. I'm good. Um, so um, after I was reading something random about how Denzel Washington was almost brought to tears because um, either him or John David Washington, I think it was Denzel, who won some sort of award or something. Mm-hmm. And John David Washington was just like singing his praises or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the article had mentioned the fact that Denzel Washington also has two daughters that are into acting, and they're they're actually producers on Malcolm and Marie. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I can totally see. It. Oh, yeah, she's in Dune too. Um, yeah, but she she says she's not in that for very long. Like, it's not even mentionable. Uh yeah, she's in a bunch of TV shows. 
Oh, wow. She did a lot of kids stuff. Mm-hmm. She was in the OA also. I don't remember her in that. Season two? Oh, I didn't watch that. <laughs> you didn't watch season two of the OA? No. Oh, okay. Nobody else did. Um, the, uh, so one thing that weirds me out on that on that movie, Malcolm and Marie, mm-hmm. John David Washington is clearly like about to hit 40. And Zendaya is clearly like in her early 20s. And I'm just like, ooh, that gap is kind of icky for me. Yeah. And you know what? He's actually um, commented on that because people were kind of bashing him over it. Mm -hmm. And I think Zendaya was like, I'm just acting. Like, I don't see the big deal. Like, (gasps) oh, shit. What? (laughs) John David Washington is 36. How do I know? Because I just looked at his birthday. He's born in 84. <laughs> okay, go on. Oh, I'm taller than him, too. Mm. I mean, I know this because, you know, I try to fucking get a picture with him. Are you taller than him if you stand on your right leg or your left leg? Uh, Neither. Okay. <laughs> sorry, it was a okay. bad joke about your legs being different. I legs. know, I know. <laughs> anyway, no, go on. I felt like I cut you off. Um, no, you didn't really. Just that was it. That was all I had to say. Oh, oh yeah. So you said uh, Zendaya just said like we're just acting and all that. Stuff. Yeah, she's like, yeah, we're just acting. I don't get yeah. the whole idea. Like, we're we're both consenting adults. We're acting yeah. on screen like it's a relationship thing. It's yeah. not a. Yeah. And there are lots of like I even saw on Facebook this one relationship between these two women mm-hmm. who met each other online, and one of them is like in her sixties, mm-hmm. and the other one is like in her twenties. Oh, I get you. I mean, yeah. I mean. Um, I mean, love, I, I would say love, love, knows, love knows no bounds or like, I don't want to say age ain't none, but number that's some R. Kelly bullshit and everything. You can say love is love. That's the thing now. That's so corny. Okay, whatever. <sighs> I mean, you said it, so they got the idea <laughs> of what I'm thinking. Mm. Um, I mean, but, uh, but that's not going to take, that's not going to take me away from seeing Malcolm Marie. I, you know, it's just, it's just the, the little thing that just popped in my head, but I'm so like. Yeah, I want to watch this movie. Like, yeah, they're obvious. There's there's an obvious age gap, but mm-hmm. like I said, they are consenting consenting adults, and the fact that um, these are starring two actors that have proven themselves, even in like the few roles or the few big roles they have, they have proven themselves like well above and beyond. And that is Sam Sam Levinson, who has done Euphoria, mm-hmm. and I almost hate that guy because his writing so fucking good mm. um you know it's something to like take away from this movie and be like yeah this, this is i wouldn't be surprised if like she gets nominated for an oscar for this for mm-hmm. this movie there's a lot of buzz around it plus like you know with their age their age difference is actually i think exactly what my dad and my mom's age difference are yeah but your mom looks older than your dad <laughs> and not even to mention you know your parents age gap <sighs> My dad fought in World War Two, just to give you an idea. Damn. Fucking song. Sam Levinson's my age, too. Fuck. I'm a little bit older than him. He was born in 85. Fuck. I need to step up my game. Shit. I know. Stop getting distracted. I know. I need to stop being lazy and being distracted. <laughs> you're not being lazy. You're just being distracted. I am. You're right. 100, 100% correct. So, uh, you want to move on? Yeah, let's 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 get on to the next segment. All right, let's do our recent review of One Night in Miami. Ready for tonight? I'm as ready as a person can be. After the fight, we're all coming back here for the champs' victory party. Don't be late. 
Minister Malcolm X. Good news, the chariot is coming. You know I'm the greatest. That's right. Jim Brown takes the ball. Your record is going to stand the test of time. How's everybody feeling tonight? All together, yeah. <laughs> New heavyweight champion of the world. Say, hey, champ, you don't suppose you could sign an autograph? Yeah, of course, man. Give him an autograph, Jim. Actually, Mr. Cook. <laughs> oh, sure thing, brother. Don't you think it's about time to party? Tonight is a chance for us to reflect. You mean no one else is coming? Well, this is off to a hopping start. You all are a bright and shining future. You need to understand what is at stake here. Everything's not so black and white like you make it out to be. But we are fighting for our lives. You know I know what's going on out there, right? The synopsis is, One Night in Miami is a fictional account of one incredible night where icons Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gathered discussing their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval in the 60s. Directed by Regina King, written by Kemp Powers. It stars Kingsley Benadir, um, Eli Gorey, Aldous Hodge, and Leslie Odom Jr. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Um, I have a couple of things about this film. Okay, go on ahead. The fact that it's a fictional account. Mm-hmm. I understand that lots of people like Kemp, Kemp Powers. Like, he made a lot of great stories about, like, people of color and different things. Mm-hmm. Um, this one doesn't translate to me. Mm-hmm. Knowing that onto the big screen as well as I would have liked. Oh, okay. Or, or it just needs someone as seasoned as, um, your. Oh, Barry Jenkins. Yeah, that guy. I get you. Yeah, yeah. Because this, because this started as a, a stage play, and it it plays out like a stage play. Mm-hmm. Like it, it looks, it feels like it's a stage play. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, it kind of takes, and I don't agree with you because there are times where I was kind of taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I kept thinking like, I feel like I'd appreciate them this more if it was just like one scene, like mm-hmm. here in this room and just like absorb all these characters. Um, but like kind of like the change in like the scene location was kind of like, it feels, it feels like they were taken a bit like more and more off from what was like, could have been developing in that room. Uh, with all these like like the buildup is let off a little bit yeah yeah exactly exactly and it's not like it doesn't like it doesn't lose a lot of points with me it's just like if anything i would probably say that's probably like my one only complaint about this movie because i enjoyed the fuck out of this film um there was there was one character um how do you say his name aldis hodge um his role for jim brown was kind of like it seemed stiff and very one note Oh, yeah, I remember we made the comment that, like, he played yeah. a quarterback and he acted like a quarterback, quarterback. who got into acting. <laughs> yeah, which is funny, but, like, there's, like, one particular scene, and I won't spoil it, but there's one particular scene, I was like, holy shit, I've been waiting for that. Like, I'm so glad, like, that fucking happened yeah. in that part. Um, but I think the standout on this was uh, Kinsley Ben-Adir as Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, like, the standout of this movie. Um However, I will say, and I think you, I think you, you, you will agree with this. 
there was a couple of times where he was talking. You could see Malcolm X, mm-hmm. hear Malcolm X, and there are times where you're like, "Yo, is he doing like a Barack Obama impersonation?" I know. <laughs> it was like so weird. <laughs> um, this movie happened. <laughs> okay. I did not. I liked the movie. No, I'm not going to say I liked it. I had no feeling about it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Until five seconds ago. Really? Okay. I haven't given it another thought and since uh, we watched it. Like, honestly, it didn't, mm. it did not cause me to be like, oh, shit, mm. nothing. Like, mm. it didn't even make me feel anything really while we were watching it, except kind of annoyed that, you know, like Malcolm X talks a lot. And yeah. he's like, oh, he's always arguing with people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're just like, and? Yeah, I'm just like, okay. Like, okay, okay. Um, I have seen, like, and I know this is just going to be my perspective as, like, a white person. Mm. And it's funny, there are some points that are made that probably contradict what I'm going to say right now. Okay. I didn't learn anything from this film about black people in general. I didn't really. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It didn't, I didn't learn anything. Mm. There are a couple of things where like, Oh yeah, that actually did happen. Mm. Or like, this is cause you went through that one class in college, mm. but I just felt like it was a bunch of people mm. arguing with each other the whole time. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, and because it felt like a stage play, mm. sometimes when you watch a play, Mm. you feel like they're people from the street that you grab off the street Mm. acting together as opposed to they're bouncing off of each other really well. And I never felt like they all meshed at all. Really? Okay. Like they all felt like separate. Like if they were in a chorus, they'd all be out of tune. Mm. Because not necessarily that they wouldn't be Mm. hitting the right notes, but they weren't hitting the right notes together. I think that was kind of the point because they were like, I mean, they're they're four black men, and they're all in like they're all in their own respective fields, and they all have like a level of like notoriety and fame that kind of doesn't cross over, but it it ends up in one location. Yeah, but like if you're interacting with people, it's going to be more genuine than that felt. Mm, Okay. And one example I can give you of something we've watched recently where it happened really fucking well Mm -hmm. was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay. I can see that. You know what I mean? Kind of like a class. They're all different personalities, right? Uh And they all have different ideas, even Mm. though, yeah, they're all doing music and stuff. Yeah. And I didn't understand the conversation for some of it because I didn't grow up listening to that type of language or how they speak Mm -hmm. but they bounced off of each other and it did not feel like a play Mm, okay okay. but this one did feel like a play none of them meshed together okay okay i see what you're saying um like they didn't feel like they really knew each other they felt like they got stranded it felt like mm. planes trains and automobiles the serious black edition. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Like, so which one of them actually is at the car fire? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I see. Okay, I see you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. I didn't really get that experience um, that much, and I can I can kind of I can. I, I, I'm sorry, and I know I'm making mm. it sound really harsh. No, no, yeah, like I, get I, you. I didn't hate the film. Yeah, but I just didn't get anything from it. I get you. No, no, I understand. Um, like I said, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that perspective, or I didn't. I didn't get that from the film like you did. I did. There was maybe 
actually, I'll, I'll walk that back a little bit. I dig it a little bit because it seemed like there was a couple of times where I was just like, okay, these are these people are written like they've actually never met together. They, they've never met. And I know they're supposed to they're supposed to be like they have all been best friends all this time and everything. Like Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali did know each other. Like he was Malcolm X was Muhammad Ali's spiritual advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a couple of times where I get a sense that like um, the writing wasn't didn't play off as well of like oh yeah they've been best friends for like a number of years or anything like that like especially when there's like a a constant confrontation between sam cook and malcolm x and like it was they're supposed to establish that like these two have known each other but they've always butted heads but i feel like that's one case where i was like i feel like they just started butting heads like that's something that's just recently happened or something like that as opposed to them like as, as opposed to the uh, opposed of Kim Powers' writing, supposed to show that they've been butting heads for years. Not just that, but Malcolm X's portrayal as mm. how he wanted him, like how he was, mm. he was arguing, and you just felt like you were being nagged at instead of. I will agree with that. Instead yeah. of like making a really profound point, yeah, and you only really get towards the end what he's trying to say, yeah. So you get you don't really get it until the end. So it's like mm-hmm. even though the words are there, it, you don't feel it. Mm-hmm. So you're just being nagged at the whole time. I did get a sense of that. Of like Malcolm X is like nagging and like borderline begging uh, Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay at this time to like join the nation of Islam. It was mostly his interaction with Sam Cooke that really annoyed me. I got you. I, well, okay then. Um, like some of the points he mm, was making, I mm, understood, mm. but his overall emotion and mm. how he was coming across mm. took away from the message see that's the thing i was the exact opposite on that i thought like i thought like at the beginning the sam cook and the malcolm x confrontation was like it was annoying but as it progressed further and sam cook started like stating like pretty much like don't fuck with me because i know what i've been through and stuff like that it to me it said like it started getting it started seeming more genuine it started putting more malcolm x into his place and that's that's the thing like malcolm x was coming off with somebody as like he owns this room yeah i get that and and i agree with you and at that point but it took a really long time to I get will, there that i will admit it so didn't i take did a while. enjoy that interaction once you got to that like yeah that like climax mm-hmm. but up until that point i was like god <laughs> how long is this fucking i know movie? right you're like fuck we're here now thanks fuck like i feel like i'm in a fucking fight <laughs> i need a drink um okay so you want to hop in the in the spoiler section Yes. Uh, okay, so for those who have uh, th- for those who have seen the movie, we're going to have in the spoiler section. You can join along um, and listen our thoughts on the on the movie in better detail. Um, I got to set up everything. Whoop, all right. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> don't hit the wrong button. I know, right? I'm like, I'm like, get nervous. Don't hit it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, so for those who haven't seen One Night in Miami and you know want to skip over, um, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. You dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um, can you go into a little bit more detail of, you know, your, your likes and not likes of this movie? My likes and not likes? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I will admit to not being able to tell a couple of the characters apart in the beginning. Oh, because we all look the same. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, <laughs> Kelsey's uh, messing around. Like, well, for uh, like, no, I don't think all black people look the same. But yeah, I did joking. have that issue because I have the same issue with white people too. You have the issue with fucking everybody. I do. I have, I can't. I don't know what it is. I can't recognize mm-hmm. things or people. I know that. I know that's an actual like disorder. Yeah, like my ex husband would come off the fucking bus mm. when he was like coming home from deployment, and he'd be standing right in front of me. I'm still <laughs> fucking looking around. Like, when is he coming? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm. I got confused in the beginning because I, you know, you get that first scene which I really liked with um, Jim Brown. Um, mm. Aldous Hodge's character um, on that plantation. And it was funny, too, because I had to stop myself because I was like, God, that house looks nice. And I'm like, but I know what it means, so I know better. You know, like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, and, you know, with that scene and everything and how he deals with racism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I forget who the next character was that showed up but i thought he looked a lot like him so or i couldn't tell him apart okay you like showed I think up at it the was hotel Cassius clay showed up at the hotel or like the next the i think next it was scene. The, i think it was the next scene was at the hotel okay this yeah it was Cassius clay yeah yeah so those okay. two when they're side by side you can tell the difference but mm. for me not knowing who these characters were oh and like, like the sudden shift yeah so okay. it was like you 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 the way they introduce the characters to you is You'll have one scene with one, and then you mm. move on to a completely random new character. Yeah. And there's no connection, much mm. like the rest of the film. Mm. Um, and so it, it was confusing for me at first until I realized who they were. Mm, okay, I got you. Um, and then... What, what else? For a second, I almost asked you when we were watching the movie, like, Cassius Clay? That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. But I thought you said it was Muhammad Ali, and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, he changed his name. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't realize all of that whole history. I knew yeah. his name was Cassius Clay, but it was, like, one of those latent memories, you know? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, I don't really... I thought it was weird how they had the Nation of Islam people standing outside the door the whole time. Mm. Like... This movie could have been so much better if they would have explained or, like, expanded upon so many of the things that they only barely show you. Oh, okay. Yeah, because this movie, um, this movie, like, plays off, like, the idea that, like, you know what the nation of Islam is, you know, what's, what was the, the, the conflict between them and Malcolm X and why there would be these uh, bodyguards outside his hotel. Like, it does kind of, like, like... why does he seem paranoid? Yeah, yeah. It just, this movie does take... Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't bother like explaining like, oh, this is like for those who don't know, this is like what was going on behind the scenes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I'm watching. So I'm just like, oh yeah, I know that that that, and I and I, under- I understand that you. Like, I would need a little more handholding. Yeah, yeah, and that's because you weren't really raised in that. You didn't take time to study mm-hmm. it and everything, which is no no fault on yours. Which I think they could have done, found like a middle ground, mm. right? Like. Don't be like that one sh- movie we watched that we didn't like with the prosecutor who got the um, who got Jamie Fox out of jail. Oh, Just Mercy. Yeah, yeah. That one was too handholdy. Yeah, but oh like, yeah, yeah, definitely. But you could have really ex- not expanded as in like oh, be more mm. 
um, in your face with knowledge for people who don't know. Yeah. But some of the things could have been more emotional or had more of an impact if they would have expanded on it too. Yeah, like a little bit more of a, a tiny bit more of an explanation right. for those who don't know. Because even if I don't know mm. anything about the Nation of Islam or mm. what Malcolm X was going through, because I still honestly really don't know much about him. Yeah. Um, at least I could get the emotional um, response to the, some mm. of the things that he was going through. Yeah, yeah. And you don't really get an idea of that until like... We're like in like the third act yeah. of him. You you understand that like there is some conflict between him and like the nation of Islam and that the fact he wants to leave, but we don't get like an idea of like how bad it is mm-hmm. up until like shit. Like literally, there's like a part where like they fucking firebomb his house. Yeah, and that's like at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like they, it was so. There were so many important things that they could have done with it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. I get you. And I almost I feel like Regina King wanted to pay such homage to Kemp Powers mm-hmm. um, to try and stay as close to his work as possible. Oh, it's material, yeah. So it didn't have a modern impact. I, I get you. I get you. Um, so, I mean, speaking of Regina King, I... I this is like the first film that she's directed. She's directed like TV shows in the past, but this is like her first feature length. And I honestly have to say for like the first feature length, this is actually a, I don't want to say like a stellar film, but, but it's it, solid. it is a straight solid film. I think it is really good. I honestly think it's worthy of being nominated for an Oscar because I'm hearing talk about that. She might, um, I don't know if she'll, I don't think she'll be the first black woman to win an Oscar for directing, but she would be the first. I mean, I'm sorry, to be nominated. I know she would be the first if she would win. So I think it definitely, um, it definitely deserves a nomination for like uh, for an Oscar. I feel like I have to like rewatch it to kind of like fully appreciate the film and like the way how she was doing um, her directing. I will admit that her directing that boxing scene with Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, was really fucking good for a first time director. Mm-hmm. That was some great direct. I was like, holy shit, she like put you in that fucking ring. Yeah, that was great. So that was fucking awesome. Which yeah. which shows that she's got talent. I mean, she's been acting for like 35, like 40 years or something like mm-hmm. that. You know? So it shows that she's like she's she's been learning all this all this time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if she's just like, yeah, I'm done acting. I'm gonna go do this now. Cause she's won an Oscar for best supporting role. Yeah. Um, so if she if she moved on directing, I'd be like, fuck yeah, girl, go do that. Fuck, yeah. go, go team up with uh, Barry Jenkins. Go do your shit with him, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, actually, Barry Jenkins is set to take the next Kemp Powers story, Oh, yeah, that's story, right. I think. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 not Kemp Powers. No, no, no. That's no totally different writer. Uh, playwright. Um, uh, let me see. I thought it was like the, that playwright. They both... No, Kim Powers. Kim Powers is a he is a he is a playwriter. Um, however, he I'm trying to find out what the hell I can't remember the fucking the name of the uh, writer. Um, Jersey Wolf, and that's the director. Oh, August Wilson. That's the playwriter. That oh yeah, did Mob, that is, that's yeah. right. Barry Jenkins is doing. It's supposedly gonna be doing another uh, August, August Wilson, Wilson yeah. play. Yeah. Um, so the scene that I thought, the thing, the scene, the scene that I thought that was really great, as in um, the Jim Brown character, is that part where Malcolm X is trying to talk to Jim Brown and like trying to convince him like what he's trying to do and to have 
everybody in that room realized like the power that they hold as um as a black man especially in their field like how sam cook is like this singer right um that he should be using his talent as a singer and a writer to write to make these like thought-provoking songs and stuff like that they even there's even a scene where like um malcolm x brings out like a bob dylan record mm-hmm. and he's like this white boy's like singing about our plight but you ain't doing shit sam cook you know mm-hmm. um so the scene where muhammad ali and um jim brown Oh, no, Muhammad Ali, I'm sorry. Malcolm X and Jim Brown talking. And Malcolm X said something like, you need to use that weapon. And he, Jim Brown was like, I'm nobody's weapon. Yeah. So that scene, I was like, there we go. That's like, that's the acting I was waiting for. I was waiting for that scene. That's some good shit right there. I don't even think it was about the acting. I think it was finally you come to a head in the writing. Like, mm. finally, they made a, an impactful statement. Yeah. So... That's where I think the film is lacking because mm, okay. it had so many opportunities to bring that and mm. you have it in that one moment. Mm. And it honestly makes me think like, am I just too fucking white to get this film? <laughs> or or is it actually like am is am I valid? Like mm. because you seem to like it more than I do. So I don't know if it's yeah. because I'm white or is it just No, I don't think I don't think it's because you're white. I, th- I think it's because like it's, I like other films. I think it's like I don't know what I think it's because maybe there's like a bit of more history behind this film than a, let's say opposed like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which you were like totally all about. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just that would like I said there was just more history behind this of like you had to like know these people growing up like the, like the history of these people had to be like fed to you on a regular basis it's like all up. of marvel and dc characters having a crossover <laughs> right like, it's the yes yeah, it's, it's the black avengers yeah. <laughs> it's the black power avengers um one person who i i honestly didn't like he 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 had the tropes but i was just like all right he is doing impersonation um this homeboy who did uh illy Ellie Gorey, who played Cassius Clay. Yeah. I was just like, all right, you're just kind of like, just he, doing impersonation. He was like a, that annoying high school kid. Mm-hmm. Like he seemed like he was always in everybody's face and you just wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like, I feel like, I mean, I know like Muhammad Ali, his like style of boxing and kind of like being with the press and being like, he's ugly and I'm beautiful. I'm a fuck. No, I'm fucking. I'm gonna beat him up so bad. His mama's gonna feel bad for him and everything. Yeah, you know, that's like all. That's that's what we. That's what a lot of people know of Muhammad Ali of like just just shit talker. Mm-hmm. You know, before wrestling did it, Muhammad Ali did it. You yeah, know, all that kind of. He made it a spectacle. So I felt like his his performance was like Muhammad Ali constantly the spectacle oh yeah you know there were a couple parts where he got serious but it wasn't like enough to like forgive him for like the constant amount of just like i'm the greatest like kind of attitude yeah yeah it was like she didn't even know who he was or kim powers didn't yeah like kim powers just got like the 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 personality of muhammad Ali, and not like the actual person yeah um so one thing one person that actually turned me over to enjoy was the um was uh Leslie uh, Odom Jr. Mm-hmm. who plays Sam Cooke. At first, when I saw him, I was just like, like, yo, they got this dude to play Sam Cooke? Are you fucking serious? Like, it was just, I was just not feeling it. Um, but there's that scene where Sam Cooke, it, like, calls out Malcolm X on his ass, you know? Or he puts him, he, he calls him out and tells him, like, 
Because Malcolm X is just like your what you like your music, like you as a singer, you you don't reach the top of the record chart like these white people that you write these music for, mm-hmm. like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. And he just goes like, he's like, no, no, I get it, I get it. But guess what? They're skim- I'm still getting money. I'm doing what I do, like through other means. And he's giving back. Yeah, and he's giving because back because wasn't he like producing music for other black artists too? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, and these, you need money to do that. Yeah, and these black artists, if they weren't making it on the pop charts, then they write music and then sell it to another musician. But guess what? They're still making all that money, so they're doing their own ways to contribute into the community or or however they want to. So that scene where like Sam Cooke calls out Malcolm X and like puts him on blast and all that shit, that part I did like. But that's like the only like really good Sam Cooke part that I actually did enjoy. Everything else I was like, they could have got somebody else. That's what I'm saying. Like all these characters have so much substance, but they don't show almost any of it except they each get their one turn. Mm, mm, you know what I mean? And mm, then that's it. Yeah. Like I would want to know how these guys would like really connect and like mm-hmm what they're doing with their talents that are, that is actually helping out because honestly with what Malcolm X is saying about Sam Cooke mm. if you don't know him that well you don't know if what he's saying has any validity or not yeah gotcha so yeah, it just yeah, feels yeah. like he's talking at people because you don't know mm. where it's coming from mm. like you like yeah it comes from a, saying, yeah. a very generic place of you know, we're all black and we should be helping the black community. Mm. But, like, why is he saying that? Like, why yeah. is he looking at him specifically and saying that? Like, mm. I don't know. I just feel like I did not get... I got the watered-down version. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, the abridged version. Yeah. I get you. I wanted more. Oh, you wanted more. Okay. I think that's my issue with the movie. Mm. It's not, I didn't hate the movie. I, you felt I like just, it could have been more... More substance into it, I guess. Yeah. That's what you're, that's what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not because you're white. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I feel like you're just like, no, like you're, you're like, no, let me explain. I know because I'm white, but no, no, there's a reason. Like, there's a valid reason. I'm like, uh, sometimes it's not that I don't want you to think I'm too white. Uh, I'm, I'm scared sometimes that I am too white to like mm, understand yeah. things. Like, I know there are times yeah. where it, that's going to be the case, but uh, like, I don't. Like I'm not stupid, and I want to be like no, educated. If someone, if I'm saying something wrong, yeah, you're not a Karen or a Chad <laughs> or whatever. You're not. You're none of that. New, no. new, no, new, no, new, no, new. No. Um, I mean, but in in the end, I mean, like I said, I did enjoy. I most likely will. I will probably check it out again. If it's like nominated for an Oscar, I will most likely check it out again. Um, like I said, a fucking solid, solid fucking directing job by Regina King for her first film. Mm-hmm. Um, Kent Powers, you know, he wrote, he, he did his work on soul and I did enjoy it, but it wasn't as impactful. Um, seeing this movie, I know that he's got it in him to like keep going, mm-hmm. but I feel like he, I feel like he can, he can go higher with his writing. I think his writing can actually be, I don't say better fine tuned, but like, I feel like there is missing something from yeah. that writing to, to, to make it like, oh shit, that was amazing writing. Right. Um, one other thing I want to talk about is, mm. um, that last scene when they're in the, in the diner. Yeah. Mm. It was funny. Cause I don't, there, there was something you said about them being all in that diner. Like, Oh, I thought, I thought the set, the, because like they've been trying to like go to this party they've been trying to go out and party cause Cassius Clay like won a big fight and I'm thinking like, Oh, they're probably going to like go to like a nice ass spot to like really party down and shit like that. And mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, they're just in a diner. 
And there's not a lot of people. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of people, but not like a lot, a lot of people. What yeah. did you expect when someone wins a fucking fight like that? Yeah, that is, um, if I remember correctly, that is an actual, like, real picture, a real scene. That that really happened. Um, but, like, let me see. Well, it's funny, too, because I told you when you said that, I was like, yeah, but back then, like, diners were the fucking thing like <laughs> you go true. hang out with your friends at the diner after after something big or whatever and you just fucking eat and yeah. drink on like drink coffee all night and fucking they didn't really have beer at diners i don't think yeah that's true plus i mean this is like what the 1960s and it's just like white people are just like knock it out yeah <laughs> um so yeah that that is a that that scene that is a real thing that happened there are pictures of malcolm x taking pictures of muhammad ali but like sam cook and Jim Brown, they're not there. Yeah. Um, so what's your what's your final thoughts on the on one night in Miami? Um I could kind of take it or leave it. Oh, okay. If you wanna kind of get a, an idea of Regina King's directing, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. For the next one she comes out with, mm. maybe watch it. But I, like for me, I'm like kind of like me on it. Yeah. All right. You're entitled to your opinion. No one's judging you. <laughs> no one. No one. <laughs> what about you? Oh, I hated it. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, like I said, Regina King, solid, solid directing. Um, I did really enjoy uh, Kinsey Benadir as Malcolm X. Um, I've seen uh, uh, Aldous, Aldous Hodge and a bunch of other stuff. So seeing him again, I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, I like that guy. Um, but yeah, the thing that sounded the most was Virginia King's directing and uh, Kinsley Benadir's acting. Like I can't wait to see that do like in another in another movie. Yeah, like, I really can't wait to see what he does next. You know, like President Obama biopic. <laughs> there was, well, there's already been two of them, so yeah, they can do a third one. Why not? <laughs> All right, now we are going to do our variety time. <laughs> So, uh, Mark, mm-hmm. we're going to do Try This, Not That. Yay! Try This, Not That. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> we haven't done this for a while, but we have been watching a ton of stuff, so we had to narrow it down. We did. Um, so, uh, what I've been checking out is this show called Warrior. Um, it is a Cinemax-produced show that found its way on HBO Max. Um, so, it's about... It's in the 1800s, and it's about, like, the Tong Wars, right? And there's this there's this guy who's, like, this martial arts prodigy from, like, China. He immigrates to San Francisco, and he gets involved, and, you know. And what's his name? His name is, <clears throat> sorry, uh, Awesome. It looks to me like Awesome. <laughs> I think it is Awesome. I think your name is Awesome. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, Awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, it, so, it's created by Jonathan Trooper. But what attracted me to this show was that this was this show is based off a concept by Bruce Lee. Um, the story goes that he had this idea and he went to like Paramount. He was like, I got this idea for this, 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 and this. And they're like, oh, that's great. We'll, we'll look into it. And then Kung Fu comes out. Oh. Yeah. Um, this is produced by Justin Lin of the Fast and Furious movies and Sharon Lee, uh, Bruce Lee's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um I love this show. I think it's so fucking good. It's like, uh, to, to give anybody a point of reference, it's like Peaky Blinders, but with like Kung Fu. 
But hopefully it's better than Peaky Blinders. I've seen, I like, like you've shown, I remember you showed me like this really cool scene in Peaky Blinders. The cinematography yeah. is like top notch yeah. in Peaky Blinders. Mm. There's so much to think about in the way the camera tells the story. Yeah. But the writing itself just goes downhill season after season. Okay, so the writing in this show is really great. The cinematography is not like fantastic, but the writing and the acting is fucking great. There's this really cool thing that I, I enjoy where the characters like the the main the cast is like predominantly Asian. There is there's like three groups. There's like the Asians, um, there's the Asian people, and then there is the uh, Irish folks that are like um, that are trying to work and whatever, and there's this conflict because you know during the 1800s they hire Chinese immigrants because it was cheap labor, and then there's also um, like the police force, mm-hmm. right? And how like they're all mixed together. There's also like a business side to it, but that's kind of like in the back burner or in the background. Yeah. Um, but the story mainly follows like these these gangs, these like hatchet man gangs and stuff like that, right? And how they're like fighting for power and all that kind of stuff. It's just like these people are just in the way as this is happening. Um, the kung, the fighting, the martial arts scenes, like the kung fu is fucking great. Like when shit goes down, it goes fucking down. Mm. It's like no bullshit. Um, this is like a movie that I, I even like the uh, opening credits reminds me of like what Quentin Tarantino would try to do and fail. Like this is a movie. Like I'm surprised Quentin Tarantino. I bet you anything Quentin Tarantino was like, I want to, I want to be on the show. But like put my name on, put my name on it. And I know like Shannon Lee doesn't like him mm-hmm. because how he betrayed, how he be- uh, portrayed Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like I, I, I watched the first season. I finished the first season like last night. There still is like a second season. So each episode is like 45 to like 55 minutes long, right? Of just like character development and like kung fu and shit like that. It's so badass, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing I fucking hate is that I already know that show got canceled. Ah. Like Cinemax was changing their format. They were getting away from original programming. And like they left season two on a cliffhanger. Oh. And I'm so pissed. I'm but just, somebody could pick it up. I'm hoping I'm I'm hearing like this, it's starting to pick up steam. People are like talking about this show now because nobody watches Cinemax. No, nobody watches Cinemax like at all. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Now it's on HBO. Now people are gonna watch it. Yeah, and I know and I know Warner Warner Brothers and HBO they're they're trying to like create new programming to get people on their streaming service. This is one of them. Mm-hmm. Like. This is like, I'm just like, holy shit, maybe HBO Max has like good shit on there. Like, I'm totally like down for this show. Yeah. Um, like, there's a scene near like the end of the season where like there's this huge like fight that happens between like these two characters. And it's like a brutal fucking fight. Like, blood is just bursting everywhere. They're getting sucked in the ribs here and the bones cracking everything. Mm-hmm. And that's not even like the last episode. That's like the second to last episode. You're just like, oh, that shit was dope. <laughs> And for some reason, that made me flash back to Daredevil. Yeah, oh, like those hallway scenes and shit like no, that? No, there was a time where he got stuck in like a an old factory and he was wearing like a black hoodie and shit. Uh-huh. And he was like surrounded. That's kind of funny. There, there's a scene where he where the main character gets stuck in the factory and has to like fight his way out. Yeah, but <laughs> it was brutal too. Like he was like, he almost died. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's that's. That's what I've been watching, like so far. That's one of the things I've been watching. But yeah, it, the Warrior, whew, that's a it's a fucking great show. I'm just so mad that it's 
that we may never get a season three. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what have you been checking out? I watched a docu series on on Netflix called The Staircase. Mm-hmm. Um, it follows the murder trial of uh, American novelist Michael Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know who he is, um, he was accused in 2001 of killing his wife. And there's a lot of speculation about did he kill his wife or did she actually like have an accident at the bottom of the stairs? Mm-hmm. Hence why it's called the staircase. Yeah. Um, and it really follows like, it's real interesting. I think originally they put it on YouTube and then it found its way onto Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, but I guess the document, the, the director or the creator of the series, mm. um, knew him personally but it's very interesting how Mm. you follow this guy Uh. like you get so much personal time with him and like how he's talking and like making decisions with his lawyers and stuff Mm -hmm. um and how his family is taking it and like all of these different blocks they come along the way of like is this going to get allowed into evidence? Is this going to get allowed into evidence? And all it's really interesting how it like emotionally pulls you in and kind of makes you root for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you were saying something about it being biased or whatever, like it was getting flack for it, but yeah. honestly, like you can't make up. I mean, you probably could, but mm-hmm. in, in a documentary like this where everything is happening real time, uh-huh you get to see all of the different things that should have been allowed that weren't Mm. or shouldn't have been allowed that were. Mm. And so you can't help but, but think that there's something to. Yeah. To, to it, to it. Yeah. Yeah. So like while you're, while you're telling me about the, or talking about the, the documentary, I, I just pulled up, like I just typed up the guy's name, the Michael Peterson. And there's, I think you mentioned it, an owl theory. An owl theory? Yeah, there's like there, in 2009 there was an owl theory that supposedly the owl was responsible of, for his wife's death. No, you know what? <laughs> so here's the thing: when I was watching the documentary, someone said sarcastically, like, uh, you know, for all we know, an owl could have got into the house and pecked oh, the shit out of her head. <laughs> Maybe this is what they're referring you to. You know what I mean? So it's not like an actual theory, but you know how people get fucking sarcastic and shit. No, no, no. There's a theory. Like they presented this theory. Uh, one, an attorney had presented this. Uh, neighbor Peterson, who was not involved in the case but had been following public details like how they found like a feather there was a feather listed in the evidence and shit like that and yeah well that did not show up in the documentary okay i'm sure i'm sure it's a reason why they're just like we're not gonna cover that that's ridiculous yeah um and it's interesting because like after watching the khalif broder Mm. thing that i watched i forgot the name of it but um that was also on netflix and i know it's different because khalif broder is black Mm. and like there's so much injustice that, that surrounds the black community. Mm. But um, it's very interesting how if the police really want to put you in jail for something, they're going to do it. Oh, yeah. Whether you're oh, innocent yeah. or not. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, As a black man, I know this. <laughs> yeah, because you've been in jail so many times. Shh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I ruined your street cred. I know. <laughs> no, you ruined my street cred now. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so I that's what I found interesting about mm. this. I think I might check that out because um, you, you're not the first person who's told me about this this documentary. Or I've heard about the documentary. The only thing, that, the only reason why I'm just not so into it, or well, before now, was the whole bias thing from the about the creator. But since you're telling me it's not really there, um, that might just be somebody's opinion on how they feel about the documentary itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then, like I think it's worth watching because you can kind of get you hear about things but mm-hmm. you don't actually experience it with them the yeah. way you do in this yeah and so you kind it opens your eyes to all of the bullshit that happens yeah that's so political mm. when your life is in the balance and this is on netflix right mm-hmm. okay um so what else what else i've also been checking out is uh i checked out wandavision uh the disney plus show for, uh the latest from marvel studios okay I'm gonna say I'm gonna say off the bat I do I do like this show, I really do like this show, and, but there's two reasons. One is because, um, it's it's it has to do with Wanda Maximo- Maximoff and and Vision and how it's like a lot of reality breaking, mm-hmm. which I enjoy, but it also has a fuck ton of Easter eggs, mm-hmm. and not like, not like if you're like a not like if you're an MCU fan, you'll get it, but you have to be like a comic book fan to be like, I get that. I get that. That must be this person. That must be that person, you know? Um, and also I do enjoy the, I do enjoy the references of the first two episodes, which is like straight up old, like sitcom, like Dick Van Dyke, um, uh, Bewitch and stuff like that. Like a lot of shows that I, I grew up watching like on Nick at night. You yeah. Know? There's even like this, dick van dyke joke that happens or a reference i'm oh, sorry a dick van dyke show reference that happens at the beginning that like i burst out laughing because i was like oh i totally fucking get that joke that's so good um uh another reason like i like it is because i'm mean, other than like the the picking it apart and like trying to figure out stuff and having mm-hmm. like all your theory because this is a show that's like you're gonna have theories of what's going on why it's happening and what's going to be revealed but another reason why i like it so much it's a fucking Marvel show. Like we've been, it's been a year since we had a Marvel program, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, yes, Marvel's back. I, oh, just feed it to me. Just yeah, <laughs> pump it into my fucking veins. Mm-hmm. You know, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming out sometime this year. Loki's maybe later in the year or something like that. But this this starts off the next phase in Marvel. Like we're gonna find out what's gonna happen. And the next, and like, I think we're in phase four now or something like that. But this is going to happen. This, they're going to tell us like, okay, so this is how we're going to go from here on out. Um, I've heard, I've been hearing rumors that like Marvel is going to start explaining, start exploring like the reality aspect of the whole universe. Like for like, for example, there's like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I think WandaVision is going to have a connection to that show, but it's also going to start setting up a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that's going to be like coming out like with even within the falcon the winter soldier or like loki um the first episode there's a part that like where like it puts you in a sitcom you're like okay i'm totally watching a sitcom Mm -hmm. right and then it gets to like a certain part where the camera angle is interesting because it switches over to like a different like more modern camera angle and it's such like if you don't notice it you won't notice it but i noticed it it was such a jolt of like Oh, this is like serious. Like we're like dark right now, like super fucking, and not like ironic dark, 
But like, oh, this show's gonna get pretty fucked up. Yeah. I just like know it's gonna get fucked up. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Like, what's today? We're recording what on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Oh man, fuck! Yeah, like a few more days till like Friday comes because I can't wait for that next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. <laughs> The Mandalorian kind of spoiled me where I'm like, okay, every episode's got to be like 45 to like 50 minutes long. The first one I think is like, of WandaVision is like 32 minutes and the second one's maybe like 40 minutes. Mm. Uh, and now I'm just like, I hope they're longer because I need more of this. I need more Marvel. <laughs> I miss Marvel so much. Like just, you know, I've been reading the comics, but like, I love that MCU. It's 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 so great to like get back into it. Yeah. Um... I finally jumped on the making a murderer bandwagon. Um, that's on. It's Netflix. only like what three years later, some shit. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I binge watched both seasons this weekend. And each season's like an hour long, right? Or each episode, yeah. Yeah, I mean each episode. Damn, 2015, girl, you're like five years behind. <laughs> hey, but you jumped on it. You jumped at it. But please, let me, I want to. I want to hear your your opinion on this. It's shocking how mm. not dissimilar his circumstance is to the staircase. Uh, the uh, who, oh Stephen Avery, right? Yeah. Okay. They both come from different walks of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both white, but mm. they both come from different walks of life. Whereas, mm. you know, um, Michael Peterson came from money because he mm. is a writer and pretty accomplished. Stephen Avery is like uh, they made mention in the documentary of how like the family had intellectual issues because of like like in like in marriage and all that mm. um so but definitely the second season is better than the first one okay cuz the second one it, it it's like after the trial and they they more follow the kid his nephew right they they spend pretty equal amount of time on on him oh okay so it's not like mostly on him but you they they continually get your hopes up and you just see how fucked up the justice system actually is. oh yeah yeah and um and it's real interesting how um somewhere around i think 1996 when america was really getting interested in terrorists and mm-hmm. different things yeah they came out with um legislature called edpa okay and what it does is basically bind the Supreme Court's hands mm-hmm. in making decisions on appeal. Oh, really? Okay. So that just affects every fucking buddy, not just terrorists. Yeah. You know, like, so it's really hard to take your your case, like, if you're a murderer or whatever, like, if you're convicted of that and you're innocent, mm-hmm. it's really hard to take it to the Supreme Court. And get them to overturn your conviction because they have to, and it's really hard to do, but it they have to mm. prove a miscarriage of justice on a constitutional level mm-hmm. to have them overturn your conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you follow two cases at once in the second season, so it's real interesting because... One was a youth, and the other one is basically in jail, and you get a sense that he is innocent, uh, and so he's in jail a second time, mm, okay. even though you think he's innocent. So it's really cool how, like, it's not cool for him, but I mean, it's like, 
interesting how the justice system works and like mm. how how they how they handle it all too. Oh, okay. Um, is it because because since you you're on this kind of like tr- trial murder mystery documentary kick and everything, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but you should definitely check out the Jinx. Have you uh, heard of the Jinx? No. It's on HBO. You should definitely check it out because because um, it, fo- it like it, it follows a guy who he's had he's been married. This guy his name is Robert Durst. He's been married like several times, mm-hmm. but his wives always end up dead. Yeah, in some like weird ass way or some like obviously they were murdered, mm-hmm. and he has something to do with it. But he keeps he kept getting away with it in oh, some okay. form or fashion. Mm-hmm. And like I think the either last episode or the second to last episode, there's like this big like holy shit moment. That I remember when that first came out, that's all everybody talked about for like a week hmm. was that holy shit moment. Yeah. And I think you'll dig it because because um, the Robert Durst character kind of reminds it's because he came from money. He's like uh, he, he, he comes from what people say old money, like his family's legacy has like all this money. Yeah. And there's it just something very off putting about the guy. Yeah. So you should definitely check out the jinx. But. I'm glad you, I, you know what, that's better, you watching Making a Murderer season two, that's better than me, because I only fought, saw it the first season. Yeah, it's super depressing, but like, mm-hmm. you can't not watch it. Yeah. I don't know, like, I couldn't be responsible this weekend. <laughs> oh, damn. Like, I had to force myself to turn it off to go take a shower, or like, mm-hmm. go pick up my laundry, like, yeah. like, you get so stuck in like what is going on yeah and there i used to want to be a lawyer and i'm so fucking glad i didn't do that because <laughs> i probably would have killed myself yeah, by now the, especially if you're like a i mean whether you're defending uh a defense lawyer or a prosecutor you probably would have done either because you know it either will like kill you it would actually either physically kill you or kill you on the inside <laughs> yeah so yeah um, what we got for not this is Bridgerton. <laughs> um, I know this show is popping on Netflix. Everybody's talking about it. I don't know what place it is. It is right now. I tried watching this show. I gave it like one episode. I just couldn't get behind it. Um, it looks campy to me. I'd like. I didn't watch it, mm-hmm. but it just looks like it was written for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm, I'm not about that right now. Like, I don't want to watch Vampire Diaries 2.0. Yeah. So, like, one of the reasons I... I mean, I, I, I'm i already, like... What's the word? I think apprehensive about, like, period pieces. Because I'm just, like... I don't care about that error, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to watch it and really check it out. Because this is, like, a Shonda Rhimes produce. She's not the only executive producer. But her name is on it. Um, and it's, like, a predominantly black cast. Like, the love interest is black. Like, it, there's a character who's, like, the queen. She's black. And I was like, I want to watch this and check it out and see what everybody's talking about. I tried watching it. And it, because it's so corny. It's so fucking cheesy. Like, they do that thing where they have, like, popular music now. Like, pop music, like, on the top charts now. Mm-hmm. And just do, like, a period piece version of it. And I'm, I'm so fucking sick of that version. Of, of people doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm honestly starting to get annoyed when when you watch a trailer and the music kind of goes to the beat of the trailer oh, like when you're yeah. here like the the edits and the cuts or the sounds kind of mm-hmm. goes to the beat of the the music in the trailer that's how I get played out like so I mean they've been doing it for years but it's starting to wear out on me now yeah um 
so like I said, I gave it like one episode. And I was just like, I can't do this. I, I try. I can't fucking watch the show. Because it's not even like a period piece. It's, it's modern with a old history take or some shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't even want to bother watching it because I knew I was going to hate it. Didn't you watch like a couple of minutes with me? I feel like you watched like maybe five or ten minutes with me. Not even that. I think I saw it for like a second. And I got <laughs> I was busy doing something. Yeah, and and it's just like certain times where like the characters are like, oh he likes me, oh maybe he does, oh I'm gonna play shy, oh like all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't fucking care if you two end up together. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, and I will bet you there are lots of people out there who fucking love the show. Oh, I don't doubt it. Like the the Black on Black Cinema group and people in the Nerdpocalypse group, they're just like, oh, oh, the show is so great. There's a uh, somebody I'm Facebook friends with. She's just like, I love this show. She has a major crush on crutch, crutch, crush on the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I will admit the dude is very handsome, and I'm hearing James Bond being circled around him. Like people are like, he should be the next Bond. I can. I'm like. I, I guess I don't I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's it's I'm just not I'm just not feeling the show I'm just not feeling it at all. Gotcha. Honorable mentions. Um, finally, start watching Sopranos. Mm-hmm. I I get the hype. I get the hype. That is a great fucking show. Yeah. I'm enjoying the Sopranos. Um, very very much. Uh, Kirby enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I feel so stupid for not getting into the show when it was on, like, mm-hmm. before. This show is so fucking funny. I had Kelsey watch, like, a couple episodes, and you were just, like, laughing. You are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I have one, too. Um, what? Honorable mention? Night Stalker. Oh, the documentary? Oh, yeah. The, the, you were just on, like, a documentary court murder fucking run (laughs) here's the thing i have very specific moods Mm -hmm. okay and if i don't get what i need out of life (laughs) when i when i'm asking for it uh then i don't want to be watching stuff that requires you to feel happy (laughs) or in love or whatever Mm -hmm. i gotta watch like some down and dirty shit you watch all that dirty shit like three in a row. Oh, and you even watched that one called uh, The Ripper? Oh, yeah. I watched that one, too. That was another like murder fucking mystery documentary. Yeah. Jesus. I'm all like, let me watch this period piece. Let me watch Curve Your Enthusiasm. You're like, I want to watch people die. <laughs> <laughs> it makes my heart happy. <laughs> Geriatric Cinematic this week is 1991's JFK. Who are you scared of, Dave? Me? I'm afraid of everybody. Everybody. Agency. Mom, Cubans. You just talk to us on the record. We'll protect you. I guarantee it. It was a day that changed our lives. I saw a flash of light in bushes and that last shot. An act that shocked the nation. The smoke. Behind the hedge. A moment when time stood still. It seemed like people weren't even breathing, like you were looking at a picture. 
For one man, it became an obsession with truth. You're the DA in New Orleans. Don't you think the Kennedy assassination's a little bit out of your domain? A commitment to justice. Nobody's going to tell me that kid did the shooting job he did from that damn bookstore. A sacrifice of everything he had. I think you care more about John Kennedy than your own family. For everything he believed. Nothing is going to keep me from going ahead with my investigation of John Kennedy's murder. They tried to stop him from asking who. If I give you the name of the big enchilada, you know. Do I have to spell it out for you, Mr. Nope. Garrison? Then it's Bon Voyage Dino. They tried to keep him from asking why. That's a real question, isn't it? Why? The government's gonna jump all over your head, Jimbo. Why was Kennedy killed? By the same people that killed us, Pop. Nobody's gonna kill us. Who benefited? You have any idea what you're getting yourself into, Daddy-o? Who has the power to cover it up? Warner Brothers presents Kevin Costner. Now we're through the looking glass here, people. In an Oliver Stone film. White is black, and black is white. People got to know. I'm a dead man! I say let justice be done, though the heavens fall. The synopsis is, New Orleans District Attorney Jim Garrison discovers there's more to the Kennedy assassination than the official story. Directed by Oliver Stone, written by Oliver Stone and Zachary Sklar, it's based on the book by Jim Garrison and Jim Mars, and it stars Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, Sissy Spacek, Michael Rooker, and Laurie Metcalf. Shit, also with, what, uh, Joe Pesci, Tommy Lee Jones, John Candy, uh, like Donna Sutherland's in this movie. This is, this is a fucking star, star-studded bonanza. Newman. Of, of, Newman <laughs> Wayne Knight and Newman's in this movie. <laughs> um... I remember I remember enjoying this movie when it came out. I remember in high school obsessing over the Kennedy assassination and like watch this movie over and over again. I mean, it's not sure shit ain't accurate, but like you know, I was I like to visualize. I was like, oh cool. I mean, because documentaries weren't so easily available when I was in high school. So this I watched this for like entertainment purposes. Plus when you have a, an obsessive compulsive disorder, you can really easily slip into saying back into the left. <laughs> Back to the yeah so kelsey what, what did you think of this movie what movie jfk what movie <laughs> <laughs> so i think you didn't like it what movie i didn't Damn. i didn't watch a movie right like what did you watch the, what would you call this then White noise. White noise. Oh, damn. <laughs> Shit. White. Oh, my God. Noir film wannabe white noise. <sighs> In this movie. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, this movie is not as good as I remember. <laughs> And and I was like watching you watch this movie and you had your head tilted to the back and to the left and just like uh, like just rolling your eyes. I was resting my my chin on my hand the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was slouched in my in the couch like slouched in the couch. <laughs> I was just like okay, I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and waste time. I felt like I was wasting my fucking time. Yeah, this movie throws so much information at you. Like, in the first hour. Just like, blah, all this shit happened. Look at all this shit. 
And then it stops. Yeah. And then it goes, blah, there's more shit thrown at you. My favorite bad wig, mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, I think my favorite bad wig is fucking Joe Pesci. No, that's like, he looks like a troll wannabe, okay? Joe Pesci? I don't like his hair because his <laughs> hair looks like a bad wig. Mm. I like Tommy Lee Jones's bad wig because mm. he looks like he grew that hair and someone would call it a bad wig. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like because of the type of character he was playing, uh, he looks like he's. I don't think he'd be the same person without that hair. No, probably not. Um, oh, one thing I, I I forgot I almost forgot to mention uh, how like this film is just filled with so many actors and actresses. Because um, Kevin Bacon's in this movie, I remember you saw Kevin Bacon and you started laughing like, "Holy shit, he's in this movie!" <laughs> Kevin Bacon has said during interviews that like. This is the movie that, like, revitalized his career. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, this movie is not that... This movie's not good. It's not as good as I remember. And I don't know... It's... It, I don't know what... I, I think... I think at the time, people were just so, like, up Oliver Stone's ass. Like, with, like, with anything he did. And they were just all about this movie. You know? Um, and I remember you saying that, like, you enjoy... Uh, Born with Fourth of July more than this movie. Yeah, because that movie was so stupid, you couldn't help but laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. This one's like, there's so much going on, I want to burn it. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's cover some of the bases. Okay, what did you think of the performance? Is there any performance that you at least enjoyed? That part is telling me. <laughs> when the little kids say, why do you and mom hate each other? I don't like it when you fight. That was the best performance. Not that you didn't enjoy anything from like Kevin Costner, Michael Kevin, Rook. Kevin Costner was so fake mm-hmm. that it was like he was an actor playing a conspiracy theorist, playing an actor, playing a conspiracy theorist. I can see that. And his accent, his Nolan's accent is so off i don't think he's originally from there oh no he's not no i i don't even think um jim garrison is from there i think they settled there uh then why did he try to have a new Orleans? no he's from there uh louisiana he's originally from louisiana jim garrison is yeah just looked up his bio right now originally he's from louisiana yeah uh district attorney of new orleans Parish, louisiana and it says where he was born he was born in Take that back, Iowa. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so then why? So then why the fuck is Cameron Costner trying to sport a Louisiana axe? It was just so weird. Because plot. Yeah, because of plot. Because <laughs> it makes sense, right? He's in Louisiana. As soon as you cross over the border, mm-hmm. you get that accent. Um, let me see. Uh, I feel bad though because I'm one of those people that if I'm around someone with an accent, I start taking on like different characteristics of it. Uh-huh. And I don't mean to do it. But my mom would get so pissed off because she's like, you're trying to act like this person. Like, no, I'm not. I just can't help it. <laughs> it's uh, real bad. My my ex-sister-in-law is Mexican. And I would always take on like some of her bad, like her, her cadence and like how she, mm-hmm. not all of her words, but like some of them. So, you know, maybe they're trying to be realistic in that way. Uh, let me see. <laughs> it won. Okay. So it did win for best cinematography. Uh, Robert Richardson, um, which the cinematography is actually pretty good. I'm kind of surprised by this. All right. 
this one I'm actually surprised. The film editing won an Oscar too. Remember, there's that weird edit. Talk, talk about that. Talk about that weird ass edit that you were just like. He was what? just like talking, and then all of a sudden, it was like they cut. Pause. Like on his face. Yeah, like they the instead of like staying on him, mm. they zoomed out, but they were still looking at him, and his hands were up, and they weren't up in the cut before. So like, <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. It was like Venom weird. Um. Okay, so Tommy Lee Jones was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in this role. Okay, I will say that I agree with that he deserved that nomination because I'm so used to seeing Tommy Lee Jones as, like, an old asshole. In this one, he was still an asshole, but... He was still an old asshole, too. But he was, like, I don't know, he had a little bit more... His character was supposed to be gay, so he actually had, like, a little bit more flair into, like, his old asshole performance. I am kind of tired of people playing unconventional roles Mm -hmm. and because the role is unconventional Mm. even if the acting wasn't superior Mm. because the role was shocking or whatever Mm. everyone's like oh my god oscar worthy i can see that like matthew mcconaughey is a great example oh okay i take that back uh let me see okay so Okay, so I had I had told Kelsey uh, before we started recording that because the version we saw of JFK was like three hours and like twenty minutes or something like that, mm-hmm. and I had told Kelsey like, oh, this movie had like an additional like seventeen minutes. This is the director's cut. Um, another source is saying that this is actually the director's cut is actually fifty four minutes. You hate me. That's why I didn't know. I I did not know I got you a director's cut version. Yeah. I, I didn't. I did, I was just watching like, damn, I don't remember a movie being this long. I guess I liked Kevin Bacon the most. I I enjoyed his. I enjoyed him. Like, and I'm actually glad they didn't put him a lot in this movie. Yeah, because he was gr- like a great like relief in a, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I liked him. Mm. Um. Okay, so <laughs> what did you think of the writing? <laughs> I don't care for it. Oh really? Yeah. You know what I keep thinking about? Hmm. Joe Pesci's wig. Because <laughs> it, I swear to God, it makes me think of the villain from The, the Incredibles. Oh, Syndrome? Yeah. Dude, shit. <laughs> Maybe that's where they got the design from. Oh, I mean, the movie came out before The Incredibles movie. No, 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 no. No, that's where oh. they got the Syndrome design from JFK. <laughs> I don't care for the writing. I think mm. it could have been written better. It could have been directed better. I get Oliver Stone was like hot back then because mm. in that in the nineties everyone wanted like the serious government procedural bullshit. Yeah. Um, and he's perfect for that. It doesn't age well. No, it, it does not. Like this movie especially in the especially in the time of QAnon. This movie is like conspiracy theory, like fucking wet dream. Yeah. And I could understand why you liked it so much when you mm. were a teen, because that was still in the 2000s. Yeah. So like yeah. in the aughts, right? Yeah. Like that stuff was still kind of popular at that time. Um, so, okay. So w- my opinion on the writing is I don't think it's too bad. It It's not that it's it, this. Okay. This is what I compare it to. It feels like. It feels like a David Lynch, not David Lynch, a David Fincher film. <laughs> you did the same thing I, know, I do. I do. <laughs> um, it feels like a David Fincher film, 
if like they just did more coke and just fired on all cylinders like where David Fincher is like, okay, it's fast paced, but you get why it's fast paced because it's like it adds to the flow of the movie. But David Fincher also cuts away all the unnecessary bullshit so yeah, that you true. can keep up and not carry all this baggage with you. <laughs> yeah. And Oliver Stone didn't do that. I mean, like he just wanted to throw a bunch of shit in there to make your point, and mm-hmm. then it just becomes muddy. I know. Then you decide. You know. Yeah. Where, yeah. There was there was a lot of times during this movie where like they're talking about a certain character, and I'm like, wait, 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 who's that again? When? And it'd be a character that showed up for like 15 seconds. Yeah. And they say how important that character is. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, like. Who, 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 who was this? They were trying to make this point about this one office that this one guy used to work out of, and how if you walk around, let's go on a walking tour. Uh, you walk around the yeah. corner of the building, it had a different address at this door. Yeah. And they, n- I never really understood why that was really important. Mm-hmm. Like, and they, and, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, they were using this for the flyers or whatever for yeah. the anti whatever i don't even know because there was 500 million different (laughs) sides to be on yeah and i never understood why they used why it was not cool for them to use that address even though Uh, they were working together like yeah um okay so i want to talk about two particular scenes okay these are like two iconic scenes okay one to the left no 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 (laughs) the um uh donald sutherland when he shows up and he's telling he's telling uh, Jim Garrison like, this is the conspiracy. This is what happened. This is how it led up to this and stuff like that. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think that seems like eighteen minutes long or is something. He related like that. to Kiefer Sutherland. That science is me just blinking at. Ke- <laughs> You're joking, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry if I blow out your ears, folks. Holy shit. I knew because I was like Sutherland. Yes. And it made me think of that guilty pleasure of mine, designated survivor. And I was like, but his name's not Don Sutherland. What is it? Oh, it's Kiefer Sutherland. Oh. Yes. Donald Sutherland is the father of Kiefer Sutherland. They look almost exactly alike. No, they don't. Okay. Kiefer Sutherland looks more like the guy who plays one of the detectives from uh, the original... um, Law and Order. Uh, mm-hmm. He played the dad in um, Dirty Dancing. J- Jerry O'Brock. Well, I can't believe I remember that name. Jerry O'Brock? No. He looks more like him than he does Keith- Kiefer Sutherland. I don't think so. Kiefer Sutherland has more of a square face, and his dad has a longer face. Well, yeah. I mean, because the mother is round, and the father's rectangle. I hit the mic. The mother's rectangle, and you get a square. That's, that's how it works, right? mathematician right here <laughs> yeah anyway anyway so okay so that's a very pivotal scene in the movie and a lot of people that scene that scene has actually been referenced like a bunch of times it's made a lot of jokes the fact that the character's name is like mr x and everything um what do you think of that scene is there anything that like do you think like that scene is like worthy to be seen as like a, a great scene in cinema no. history oh, okay <laughs> no okay all right okay so let's talk about scene number two well let me tell you though. Okay. The reason why I actually did enjoy that scene oh, okay. more than most other scenes in the film, mm-hmm. more probably than any of them, mm. is because 
I could understand what the fuck this guy was saying. That you know that is you are one hundred percent right because I feel like that is the only movie, uh, the only scene in the movie where we're just like stop and just absorb everything. Mm-hmm. You know, even though like he didn't talk too fast, there mm-hmm. was a lot of information, and you don't like, you don't get all of it, uh, but. You can still kind of see point A to point B. Mm. And okay, this kind of makes sense. Gotcha. Okay. However, I don't see how they, like, it has to be a covert meeting and he has to leave New Orleans to go meet this guy. And they're out in the open. The guy's like, I'm not going to give you any names, but anyone could clearly photograph us out in the open talking to each other for a long time. Okay. So what did you think of that scene in the courtroom where Kevin Costner is actually breaking down, um how kennedy was like assassinated and the magic bullet theory and stuff like that what did you think of that scene do you think that is like an iconic scene because that scene has been has been parodied and referenced multiple in multiple uh parts of media okay that scene is in particular is what i was thinking about when i said he plays an actor playing a da playing Mm. an actor playing a da (laughs) damn like that scene in particular. So he's like a little, he's he's like a, a puzzle. No, he's a riddle wrapped in an enigma or something. That's what Joe Pesci said. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Okay, so I'm going to drop a little bit. I'm going to drop some facts on you or some IMDb uh, trivia. You have uh, to. I, oh, I think some of them are kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, one, Oliver Stone regards this film as his godfather. The godfather. Cinema classic. Okay. Okay. Um Actor Woody Harrison's father, Charles Harrison, uh, was a hitman convinced, uh, convicted of murder on three separate occasions. On the third occasion, he admitted to the murder of federal judge uh, John H. Wood Jr. and also admitted to having played a part in the assassination of JFK and a witness claimed he had drawn maps of the location in Dallas from which he fired his weapon. Remember how there's there was like there was they said there was like four shooters. Um, uh, OK, so the FBI disc- discounted this. However, Jim Mars claim in 1989's Crossfire with Charles Har- sorry, Harrison is the youngest of the three tramps questioned and released by the police on the day of the assassination. Remember like those three guys they kept coming back to? Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly he was one of them. Forensic artist Lois Gibson uh, has conducted photographic analysis and has concluded that the, that the youngest and tallest tramp is Charles Harrison. That's Woody Harrison's father. Yeah. Um, which his whole story. That, all that's all up. fascinating to me. Okay. That like that whole story. I feel bad for Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. but it's totally fascinating. Yeah. I think there's a book on his father because his father was like a hitman. Yeah. Um, Marlon Brando turned on the, turned down the role to play Mr. X. Mm-hmm. Uh Okay, so the film generated intense controversy upon its release, with many accusing Oliver Stone making up many of the facts. Some of this, some of this stuff really comes off as fucking made up. Uh, in fact, uh, Stone published an, an anointed version of his screenplay in which he justifies the at the and attributes every claim made in the film. Uh, he let me see, uh, Stone. Sorry, addressed the controversy in Wild Pumps 1993. The film takes place 21st century, and Stone has appearing on talk shows discussing the con- conspiracy theory. This movie really does comes off as like a conspiracy theories like nut job, like like film, like oh like this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, and everything like that. And I and I'm not saying that there wasn't a conspiracy on Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. They, I actually have, I had a history teacher who said at the beginning of the semester, he said at the end of the year I will tell you who shot John F. Kennedy. And of course, of course, people were just like, "Oh, whatever, we don't care." And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and then, and then at the in the semester, he said um, the person who pulled the trigger was a Cuban 
soldier by the name of Ramirez. And I was just like, that's vague as fuck, dude. Did he tell you why? No, he just said that. Okay. I know, right? Um, uh, but this, te- this teacher was obsessed with the JFK assassination as well. I get why people get... So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I am very certain some shit happened that mm. no one's willing to cop to. Yeah. You didn't have to make an unbelievable movie about it, though. Like, <laughs> like, could you be, you know, like, are you going to listen to the guy holding a Bible that looks homeless on the street? Because no. that's how this movie is coming across. <laughs> Damn. It's the homeless guy holding a Bible <laughs> ranting about the devil. Uh, you're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, Oliver Stone wanted Harrison Ford or Mel Gibson. It's Jim Garrison. I think if Harrison Ford did this, he would have to. Oliver Stone would have to slow down this movie. Mm. Um, let me see. Charles Sheen, Alec Baldwin, Tom Cruise, and DB Sweeney were considered for Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, speaking of Oswald, what do you think of Gary Oldman's performance as Oswald? Mm. I could take it or leave it. He comes off in this movie as as Gary Oldman always does. Just blends into the role, and you're just like, oh, yeah, that's Gary Oldman. I completely forgot. I, yeah, I didn't really see him as Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. But also, I didn't really care, because... Because <laughs> you were so done with this movie. I, well, yeah, and he was just like a young guy who was just there. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see him doing anything of consequence. He was walking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he was in a lot of rooms with a lot of different people a lot. Yeah. Um, this movie was so long that Kelsey and I ha- had to like stop and take a break. We're like, we watched an hour of it, and you're like, how much is left? Oh fuck, there's still more than two hours left. No, All right, no, no, we got like an hour and forty three minutes, and I was like, oh my god, this movie's three hours and twenty minutes. And I, I looked, I was like, do you want to stop? And you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we continued watching like the next day. <laughs> yeah, I remember this movie showing up on like TNT. And with all the commercials, the movie alone was like four hours long. So it would like, it would show two hours and then be like, join us tomorrow for the rest of JFK. Like, yeah, okay, we're going to, yeah, that happens. Next time on This Fucking Movie Sucks. <laughs> They've done that before for like Scarface and like uh, The Godfather and Titanic and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Um, Actual good movies. Not Titanic. I still like that movie. I know, like, I know the problems uh, with it. Yeah. I still like it, because it's, like, cinematic as fuck, like. We probably should do a geriatric cinematic on that. If we can find a movie about a boat crash into an iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could do a perfect storm and Titanic. <laughs> it took me a minute, like, wait, what? <laughs> um... Okay, you didn't see that I know it took me a minute. It was a perfect storm. I didn't see it coming. Um, okay, so I'm gonna ask uh, the big question: um, Do you think? I feel like no. I know yet. <laughs> do you think it holds no. up? <laughs> hey, no. You, hey, you chose it. You chose this is the one you chose. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew what I was getting into. <laughs> You chose it. You chose it. I made an argument for. No, you I, didn't. I made a. I made a light argument. A light a argument. A light argument mm. for the other movie. And you were like, "No, we can do JFK. I think this is good. I'll do this." 
Now you can't get those three hours and 20 minutes back. <laughs> Your fault. <laughs> um, do I think it still holds up? No. I definitely, it just definitely does not hold up. I mean, it's just, when you rewatch it, it's just, I will admit that this movie is just like, like I said earlier, this movie is packed with so many stars. You can tell actors and actresses are like fighting to get in this. Fucking John Candy is in this movie. Walter Matthau. You know what? I John- actually take everything back about who's my favorite. Who's your favorite? I forgot about John Candy. I love John Candy in this film. He's like Otho on speed. Oh, from the from uh from Beetlejuice? Yes. Yeah. He's like he's like, it'd be cool, Daddy Yo, man. I don't know what you're talking about. This gets weird. You gotta be judging. Like, I'm like, whoa, John Candy. Slow down. <laughs> fun fact, fun fact. John Candy's sweating balls in this movie. He a looks lot. like he's sweating the whole time. That is him really sweating, because he was nervous as fuck in this movie. Why? Because it's Oliver Stone and he there's all these people in this movie. He just got, and he's a comedic actor. So he was nervous as fuck. Like Walter Matthau, who's who was mainly known for comedian Jack Lemon, who's mainly known for, for comedy, they're in this movie. There's like a lot of like comedian performances in this. Because our comedian actors and actresses in this movie. Mm. That's just like, oh, this is different, you know, for yeah. them to take this role. Um, so yeah, I I think this movie doesn't hold up. I mean, at the time it was like the shit. Now it's like shit. <laughs> like yeah. I I would not sit down and rewatch this movie again. You should ask me again. Would you sit down and watch no. this movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are we good? Yes. You're done? <laughs> um, all right, folks. So that's going to be our show for this week. <laughs> we went- hey, look. I got my enjoyment from that film, okay? If we're just talking shit about it? Because I got to say no repeatedly <laughs> to you like that. Um. I want to thank you all for joining us for this week. Um, you can find this episode on all our uh, past podcast episodes on all podcast catchers. We're on Spotify, Podbean, uh, Amazon. Uh, I keep wanting to say Hulu. I don't know why. <laughs> um, Pandora. Um, we. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you folks a bit of a hint. Kelsey and I have been working kind of behind the scenes that we might be having an, a big announcement for the podcast about the podcast in the coming coming weeks uh we don't we have to hammer a few things out but there might be some good things for us uh in the very very near future um so you should stay tuned for that um so next week's episode uh we are going to be doing a recent review of promising young woman uh the carrie mulligan starring movie uh that's available on vod i've heard a lot of good things about this movie Mm. um (laughs) our geriatric cinematic of that episode will be I spit on your grave. Mm-hmm. Uh it was I think it's 1978 Wes Craven. Um I think it's 1978. Is it 1978? Yeah, 1978. Uh I spit on your grave. Oh no, I'm sorry. Why do you think Wes Craven was behind? Oh no, that's the last house on the left. Um yeah, the fucking super violent film uh rape revenge film um yeah we're gonna we're gonna do that with promising young women or woman uh the topic of that episode will be men are trash Mm -hmm. i'm pleased to announce that mark came up with that came up with that yeah see kelsey didn't say that i i came up with that i was like men are trash yeah because you know what for me men are so inconsequential i don't think about them in any way 
And I say men are trash. Yeah, because you're still thinking about yourself. Yeah, because we're trash. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's going to be it for our show. Um, wash your hands. Put on your damn mask. Hopefully we can beat this coronavirus. Uh, like we would like things to go back to normal tomorrow we get a real president <sighs> we get a real president yeah by the time this episode's released we get a real president first step into the right direction hopefully um so yeah we're gonna bid you guys our folks adieu uh but before that i'll leave you all with a little story uh some time ago i took my daughter uh to a theme park i think it was nuts very foreign um and she was you know my my daughter's about 10 and, but she's pretty tall for her age so she was able to get on the ride even when she was like eight she was pretty tall to get on these rides that's kids of a certain height four kids for a certain height um but yet when she got on the ride her her body was like it was like it was like because uh, she's thin too right yeah she's thin and it was those rides where it like drops down and like hooks you like push down your shoulder so it's one of those rides that like per makes that turns you upside down moves you like side to side and everything like that and my daughter doesn't scream during the ride she just kind of just rides it and when the roller coaster was just coming up and to the side and everything i just looked at her and her body was like shifting from one way to the next and then one way to the next and i looked at her and i had just watched uh jfk because the next thought that came to my head was it's like her body's moving back and to the left back and to the left, back, and to the left.